very, very important that believers pray for ministries. Let's say thank you to the Lord again. And you are the one building your church. Thank you, Lord, for welcoming us in your house. We return thanksgiving and we pray that you fill us with the Holy Spirit and lead us, Lord, according to your will and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. I was already, you know, when we gather together to worship and praise the Lord, there are so many things happening which the Lord is doing and saying, and we should not be distracted by every little movement around us. It's just be, you know, focused on what is going on spiritually. You know, what the Lord is saying through songs, through prayers. And I think it's uh, Sister Patricia who, when she prayed, she quoted from Romans 12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may be able to discern, to prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And I think it's Rachel, she read from Colossians about the sufficiency of Christ. You see, all those things, they are very, very, very important for our growth in Christ. We sang about the victory in Jesus. All those things are very important. The exhortation at the time of the Holy Supper, very important. So we should really be careful to not I had a very, very good brother of mine who told me that the Lord taught him to be focused in the service. He never realized how distracted he was being during the service. Anything that will move, someone coughs, someone opens the door, everything. And there was a day when, because he didn't want to listen to the Lord's warning, he missed something very important. And he started asking people, what did that just say? And the Lord reminded him what he's been telling him for many years. I think I learned a lot from that testimony. That in the presence of God, you know, it's not random. We're coming. He prepared a table before us. There was a brother who was committed to the Queen's God in Windsor, and um, he was fortunate enough to be in the private chapel with the Queen, the royal family. And he said, when he saw the Queen kneeling down, our mighty Queen kneeling down to pray, he realized that Jesus is the king of kings. It, it's very important that, you know, we have five kids, but when they watch their favorite film, cartoon, even if they feel like going to the toilet, they won't go. 
Even if you invite them to the table to eat, they won't go. You know, the level of focus on the film. But when we start doing the Bible study, I have to remind them about 15 times to listen to me. Well, we are called not to be like, to be like children, but not childish. See, English is very beautiful, yeah? The difference between childhood, childishness, and childlikeness. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Okay, we are going to continue, and I'll try to make sure that I don't repeat myself too many times. <clears throat> we are going to continue or revisit Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 47, reminding ourselves the title, Spiritual Lessons from Ezekiel chapter 47. So let's start by reading it again, please. Ezekiel chapter 47. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple. Toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar and led me around on the outside of the outer gateway way that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. Verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 1, cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Verse 5. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned, there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Verse 8. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. Verse 10. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi and Eglaim. There will be places for spreading the net, their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind, will grow all kind of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> 
But Bible say God your heart more than anything else. Because yes. that is where everything starts. They were just about uh, 6th century BC. Where things imported from paganism. And they were that we are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. So we can make a meaningful and objective deduction here, not speculation, not taking things out of context and making an inference. No. We are the temple of God. What does the Bible say? We are the temple of God. Therefore, let us glorify God in our body. For out of our heart comes every bad thing. So the Lord wants to deal with our hearts. The Lord told the Israelites, get a new heart. Get a new spirit. So you see, beyond the physical and visible things, even in the Old Testament, it was all about spiritual things. And the Lord God, in his sovereignty, had chosen that people in order to reveal himself so that we know his will, what he likes, what he dislikes. And he said, be holy because he, our father, is holy. Remember that inscription? Holiness to God. And we say that the book of Ezekiel closes in chapter 48 by Adonai Shema. The Lord is there. So you see, initially, the tabernacle, Moses was commanded to build the tabernacle according to the pattern he was shown from heaven. So God wanted to himself tabernacle to dwell among his people. The temple wasn't built just to make people arrogant because they were good people. No, it was because God wanted to tabernacle, to dwell amongst his people. And then to fulfill his mission of saving humankind so that we will learn holiness and to prepare us to God's character because we will live with him eternally. That was the purpose. Remember, the tabernacle in the temple came after the fall. So in God, the Lord's plan to save us, he began that work to prepare the world to the coming of the Messiah. The reason why we've been separated from God is because of sin. Remember what Pastor John said here? Sorry to call pastor in this country. I heard that pastor get embarrassed when you call them pastor. And I get embarrassed to call a pastor by his name. I'm trying. He quoted from what John the Baptist said, how John the Baptist introduced Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's the mission. That's the prime mission of Christ in coming here. Is to deal with sin. Because outside Christ and his blood, there's no cure for sin. You see, the water that was flowing here was to be itself healed and then will serve for food and medicine, cure for sin. 
and food for the believers to grow in Christ, in the Lord. You see, from the very beginning, the problem is sin. The problem is not poverty. No. The problem is not low self-esteem. The problem is sin. And God wants to deal with sin. Remember in Hebrews 9, three things the Lord has done. Number one, he forgave us our sins. That's past. Now, he is in heaven interceding for us. Giving us power over sin. To overcome sin. And then when he appears for the second time, he will deliver us from the presence of sin altogether. I call that the three P's. It's all about sin. And if we understand that as the people of God, how much more? What does the Bible say? Perfecting our holiness in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is gone this day. The fear of the Lord is gone. In the days of Ezekiel, those people, they were doing abomination right in the very temple. And what does the Bible say about the end time? People will keep an outward form of godliness, but will deny its power. What is the power of holiness? The Bible says, without controversy. Great is the mystery of holiness, of godliness. God was manifest in flesh. The mystery of holiness, of godliness to please God is fulfilled in Christ. And then you have the mystery of iniquity. That's a different story. <clears throat> we said last week that the princes, the priests, the leaders of the people had the mission to teach the people of God the difference between the holy and the unholy, the clean and the unclean. Because it's no longer about not doing good and not doing evil and doing good. It's about even recognizing what is good and what is evil these days. We say that God made, makes known his mind and his will to his people, not all at once, but progressively. We need to be very, very careful. I always remember a good brother many, many years ago was talking about what happened at the tomb at the time of resurrection. He said that, um, I think it was John and Peter who ran to the tomb. And... Uh, the youngest of the two was John. He was very fit, very, very fit, athletic. He ran very quickly. But when he arrived at the tomb, he didn't know what to do. <laughs> and Peter was coming confidently, very slowly, full of maturity, and uh, we have to be careful with these things. <laughs> Small steps with the Lord. Small steps discerning the ways of the Lord, 
accepting his corrections, going with him in obedience. And when we look back, like Jacob, we can cry out, surely the Lord has been with me throughout my journey. Small steps with the Lord. God is great. We can't be expert in God. <laughs> no. We just learn every day. Even the great apostle Paul at some point had to cry out. Oh, death of riches, your judgment are unsearchable and your ways past finding out. Paul saying that. That's someone who was taken the third heaven or something. Had astonishing revelation. But still realized that he was very deep with God. We go slowly with the Lord daily in obeying God, he will teach us his ways. And he will make us vessel of honors unto his glory. We should not outrun God. Well, the water we're talking about here is the same water, really, Christ is talking about. Christ is the fountain of living water and he says, because he gives us his life, he says those who believe in him, the same rivers of water will spring up, will flow from them and they will flow until eternity. Now, these waters here which are pure, which are healed by the waters of the great sea produce fruit. If we have received Christ, if we are filled with his spirit, if we are walking in obedience to God, our life will be fruitful. Really fruitful for people to benefit from. We will spread across around us increased peace, joy, hope to people. Question. Which fruits are we producing? In the church? In the society as a whole? We long sufferers? Do we have the same mind that was in Christ? Which fruits? You see, the more we progress with God, the more we grow in the Lord, the more we progress to maturity, the more accountable we are. If we boast of being something, then the Lord and fellow human beings are looking at the fruits. It's not enough to claim maturity, knowledge, and things. People want the real thing, the reality. God wants to see the fruits. Didn't John the Baptist say, produce therefore the fruit of showing that your lives have changed in different versions? That is very important because the Lord's salvation and deliverance not only change our condition, 
but touch our character as well because God wants us to grow in his likeness. Then he can begin to use us for his glory. See what he's saying here? When that water meets the big water, then that water is healed and there is space for spreading the nets, the ministry, the work, the service for the Lord is fruitful because we've been healed by the word of God, by his spirit, by God. Then there's no spirit of competition. Then there is respect. There is humility. And God is glorified. We are called to serve God according to his model, if I may put it like that. Not as I want. No, as he wants. Remember, we are his workmanship save for the work that he has prepared. It's God who has prepared the work and he's calling each one of us according to what he has prepared. The Bible speaks of the measure of the gift of Christ in us. And then there will be a multitude of fish fruits, souls. Christ said those who believe in him will do even more than the things he did. How many people did Christ himself bring to himself compared to what the disciple did? 3,000 in one teaching, in one preaching, one sermon. Why? Because Peter was now filled with the Holy Spirit. Now there is a great multitude of fish, a lot of fruit, and they do the work. Fear is gone. They are determined, sold out for Christ, turning the world upside down for Christ because of the Holy Spirit. We either decide to do our own things or we come to the Lord daily and ask him to give, he's done that, to baptize, to renew, to clothe us with the Holy Spirit. It's not a new doctrine. It is in the Bible. Well, we're talking about the temple of Diana, Artemis, but in Acts 19, in Ephesus, again, where that temple was, and I think by that time, the temple was destroyed already, but people had remains and shrines, they were sailing, etc. And I think the remains are still one of the seven wonders of this world, I think. And when Paul preached it in Ephesus, what happened? All the silversmiths, all the worshippers of the great Diana, they get very cross. And Paul had to confront them. But before that incident happened, Paul arriving in Ephesus asked the believers, did you receive the Holy Spirit? We haven't even heard. He prayed for them. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit, begin to prophesy and to speak in tongues because Paul could not understand how they will survive in that place without being filled by the Spirit of God. In that context, how they will survive. And the work started and the city was turned upside down and Diana's worshippers become very, very cross with them. There was an uproar 
what does the Bible say? Act 19.19. Many who had practiced magics. Why don't we read it? Act 19.19. Act 19.19. Okay, let's read from 18. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. There was astonishing deliverance. People did not bring things from outside in the house of the Lord. The deliverance was complete. People being saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit, forsaking the dead work, burning the things they were holding dear before. house of the Lord. Holiness to God. Perfecting the holiness, the sanctification in the fear of the Lord. Many believers think that the, 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 the progression of this river here also represents church history, where the original church, the true church. You see, the church started with very, very few people. When the Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people. When, when, I was, when I was a child and I came across some scriptures, he used to say, between 2,000 and 3,000. Modern version, I've just taken the upper one, it's still true, it's not a contradiction, 3,000, it's okay. And then 5,000, and then the Bible could not count them, the Bible speaks of a multitude. Great multitude of fish, because the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit stays in the church, do you remember? Some magicians, some people try to trick, try to, to buy the spirit with money, the gift of God. They were confounded because the Holy Spirit is in the church and you are the church. When you pray, when you preach the gospel, you passing life the Holy Spirit that is in you and the word of God is doing the work. I'm not trying to convince you with my own you know that I'll be the last person to convince you you are too intelligent. But the Holy Spirit of God is able to save people. A very good old lady once told me God can penetrate anyone including soul of Tarsus. Nothing is impossible to God. Only belief. Now the sanctuary. 
You see, it says in our reading here that the reason why the water will bear fruit and the leaves will be used as medicine, etc., is because that water in the first place came from the sanctuary. From the sanctuary. From the presence of God. You see, there are so many, so much, many falsehoods today. The Bible is being twisted. People are teaching things that should not be taught. I remember a pastor from the Episcopal Church in America. He said, liberalism has been around for the past 150 years. It's been around. But it hasn't been passed down to people properly. Wow. <laughs> that suggests to me that there is a great effort going on to spread liberalism in the church. Because the body of the doctrine is there. What they want to achieve is there already. They now need workers to push the agenda in the churches. We got to stick to the authentic word of God. To the sanctuary of God. The word that was given to us by the Lord God. Otherwise, we are in danger. Paul is warning the Colossians that let no one cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, through traditions of men. You see those two, tradition of men and philosophy. Those are the competing factors against the Bible. Why don't people want to believe? Because they are full of philosophy. And sometimes even Christians themselves don't grow because of they want to do things their own way because of the remnant, because of the rest of the philosophy they've been through. Now, all things are new. Yes. Things have passed away. Everything is new in Christ and Christ will start a work of teaching us his life, which he would have communicated to us already, but then he will teach us how to walk in him how to know him better, how to serve him, how to interact profitably with one another in Christ. Philosophy is the enemy. However you call it, however you call it. Social Darwinism, consumerism, however you call it. There are so many of them. I've forgotten, I've got about 20 of them. Now I can only remember two in front of you because I'm intimidated. <laughs> there is something called humanistic economics. Humanistic economics, which is built on something called consumerism. But consumerism is a philosophy that was introduced in 1920 by a man called John Maynard Keynes. Anyone, economist here? Economist? John Mikens? Good, 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 good. Okay. That man was an Epicurean. Do you understand? One of his most famous quotes is, in the long run, we all die. 
So, earn money and spend it now. And his economic model is called short-run model. Don't worry about the future, just spend. Promoting happiness, he was a prolific homosexual. Yeah, if, if you go in Bloomsbury there, you will find his uh, conservation, the place he lived there, by Burbank University. His economic model was underlined by his immoral philosophy. And he was determined to come up with a theory that will undermine the Victorian morality. It's taken about 70 years or more for it to bear fruit now. Look at consumerism. So when that pastor is saying liberalism is there, it hasn't been passed down properly, and if they are doing that work now, think about what will happen to the church 30 years ahead. Because that's how they work. They do things now, and they start pushing the agenda bit by bit, bit by bit. <laughs> That's the Bible say, the word of God is powerful to bring down, to pull down stronghold. And every thought, every argument that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Who is going to do that? God is gonna, not going to speak from heaven, it's you. Is you being filled by the Holy Spirit taking your faith seriously? Seriously. And making a difference. You see, this Israelite here, there was something really, really bizarre. They begin almost to complain to God and say, we want to be like other nations. We want to be like other families. Worshipping wood and stone. The very people that had the Almighty God in their midst, midst were coveting paganism. We need to be very, very careful in allowing the Lord to dwell in his house as a people, as his household, but also in this house here. Very, very, very careful. On a daily basis, we need to cling on to the Lord, depend on the Lord daily. He will reveal himself to us. He will help us. He will give us what is needed, give us this day our daily bread. Friends, the pressure is on. The pressure is on. We will be swept away if we do not build our house on the rock, Jesus Christ. We will be swept away. The appearance, the form of godliness will be there. We will remain to do the things Christians do, but where is our heart? Where is our heart? Is it in the Lord? Is our spirit tormented when we see the name of the Lord being blasphemed daily? Do we love our brethren? Do we love our brothers and sisters in Christ? 
The Bible says as long as we have opportunity, let us do good, but first to those of the household of God. To everybody, but those of the household of God has priority. I'm not inventing. It's in Galatians somewhere, chapter 6 somewhere. The love for the brethren. Not pretending, not flattery, the love for the brethren. The love for the church. Do you remember when Saul was persecuting the church? What did Jesus say? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Christ in his church. If you cause problems to fellow believers, you're hurting Christ. You are the family of God. Love one another. Can you believe that? Christ telling his disciples, grown up people, grown up, love one another. So we should not be offended to be reminded to love one another and for that to be manifest as the people of God. The rivers of life flowing by the Spirit of Christ. Now, let us move fast and conclude, go to the most, what I consider to be the most important thing. Oh, no, there's still something else. Verse 11. But its swarms and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to souls. The swamps, the marshes. Now, this water here, waters of life, are meant to bring life. The Bible says every living thing will find life. But this element here will not be healed. You see, some people have put themselves in a position where they will not even come any near the word of God. Or they will come to contact, in contact with the word of God, but they will be just close to it. But you see, in Acts chapter 2, those who gladly received the word of God were and then added to the church. Gladly receive the word of God. The church of Jesus Christ is a community of those who have received and love and cherish the word of God. Not just entertainments. The word of the spirit of God, the presence of God, as we are doing, as we did this morning. God is not tired with his presence. He's asked because we are limited by time. Yeah? Helen Chrissy, you have looking at time. God is not limited. We are limited. And we get tired. And sometimes we even slumber whilst worshiping. Receiving the word of God gladly. <laughs> Loving the word of God. One of your favorite passages. I'm giving you a tip. Listen to Pastor John when he's preaching. He will always say, may the Lord of God dwell in you richly. Richly. Because if he dwells in us richly, it will not leave us idle. It will produce fruit. 
good fruit for fellow believer and for God. Someone say the grace of God makes dead sinners alive and living saints lively. <laughs> the Bible says the swamp and the marshes will not be healed, but they will be given over to souls. I know you're thinking of Lord's wife. <laughs> I know that. We are salt in a different meaning. Not this salt here. This is a curse here. You see, when you think about Lot's wife, she was turned into a pillar, a monument of salt. It wasn't an isolated incident, no. She was made into a monument representing the state of that city. Turn with me to a book that is very easy to find, Zephaniah. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 9. Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 9. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall be like Sodom and the people of Ammon like Gomorrah, overrun with weeds and salt pits and a perpetual desolation. That, is, that was the physical state of those cities. Salt pit everywhere. So Lot's wife wasn't an isolated incident. She come to represent the spiritual state of that place. What does the Lord say? I think it's in Luke 17, 32 maybe. Remember Lot's wife. In which context? In the context of the coming of the Messiah. Remember. As you await for his appearing, remember. In the Bible, there is a different, we are sheep of his pastures. But there is a difference between a sheep, the Bible also mentioned goats, and then fox, and then dogs, Swine, pigs. Pigs, just like mats, dirty things. Dogs go back to eat things, they vomit, etc. Goat, noise, noise. And then sheep. You see, dog go back to the things they vomit. But the sheep, the word sheep in Greek means. Pro button, pro forward, button firmly. So walking firmly and confidently forward. In John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. 
Jesus the commander going, the captain, and we following, not returning back. Remember Lord's wife. And don't, those who resist the word of God, those who delight in rebellion, will be given over to souls. That means unfruitfulness, barrenness, no fruit. Many, many, many years in Christianity, in the church, no fruit because of rebellion and disobedience. Self-righteousness. The Lord wants us to produce fruit and many, many fruits when he needs them. He wants to produce us to produce those food. Now, I think, as far as I'm concerned, the key passage here is 12, verse 12. I'm talking about Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12. They will bear fruit every month because the water flows from the sanctuary. I think that's the key thing. From the sanctuary of God. From the presence of God. We are called to grow in the Lord. We really need to grow. I need to grow. We need the Lord God. I think it's the right of the Hebrew, the epistle to the Hebrews, who is saying, by this time, you should, have, you, should, you should become masters. But you've come again to milk, to desire milk. You know? Because solid food is for mature people. Those who, by exercising in the word of God, have grown in discernment. You see? The more we grow in the... Psalm 1, verse 3. Those who meditate day and night the word of God are like these trees planted by the waters and they give fruit. Do we want to be fruitful? Let us obey God. Let us love God things, spiritual things. Let us let us give ourselves to, to these things entirely. That's the expression the Bible is using. Give yourself to them entirely and see the faithfulness of God. Whoever you are, whatever background it is, God does not care. God will use whomever he wants to use. God will turn your life from an unprofitable to a profitable. Remember Onesimus? If you think you are useless, that's not the way God sees things. No. Remember, we are living stones. Living stones. How can you be useless? It's impossible. Living stones. In building the temple of God, living stones. The care that is put in shaping every single stone in the building of the temple, that's what the Lord is doing in our lives. He's still working on me to make me what I want to be. Remember, God is working. I think Pastor John explained the valley gate 
And you see this water here is flowing, it's going completely dead sea, and then you reach the great sea there, and then the water is hid. It doesn't matter. There is time for trials. It's okay. But God is at work. He will remember you. Whatever time you're going through, God will remember. The most important thing is your relationship with him. Your attitude towards him. Remember Job? In everything, Job sinned not. He said, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be his name. That attitude, initially, from the outset, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. From the outset, everything else comes after. It's very, very important that we are very clear as to who God is for us. Jehovah Rohi, who God is for us, our shepherd. Now, so many things went on here. Ezekiel was called to, the Lord God revealed to him everything that was going on in secret, in secret, why the Lord had allowed for them to go in captivity, the temple to be destroyed, everything they were doing behind closed doors. But nothing is hidden from the sight of God. Wow, God took him in spirit from where he was in Babylon to show him what was going on in the temple behind the doors. Well, they had hurt and offended God so badly. But the Lord sent Ezekiel to bring hope, to announce that God will forgive. When I read that, These people, do you know what? In the temple, before the altar, women, women were weeping for Tammuz in the temple of the living God. Wow. Women weeping for a pagan God in the temple. That's not all. 70 men, 70 men turning their back to the temple and looking to the east and worshiping the sun. Wow. How about that? Jeremiah complained as well. He laments himself as well. As young people, mother, everybody making cakes for the queen of heaven. Wow. Friends, I think sainteté à l'éternel, holiness to God in his house, perfecting holiness, sanctification in the fear of the Lord. Unfortunately, people are keeping a form of godliness but denying God himself. God manifest in flesh. The power of godliness, Christ himself. Well, we live in the same time. What do you think if the Lord had to send a prophet today to prophesy on Britain? What do you think they would say? You see, I'm trying to bring us to reality. 
to show the relevance of the things we're reading here. They were not just written six centuries ago, BC, for those people. No. They are for us. We are the people of God. We are the living God worshippers. And there is pressure everywhere. You know what? You no longer need to go to Ephesus in a temple. It's right there. It's online. They sacrificed children to Moloch. You know that? Have you heard that there was a child who just committed suicide? Just online? What do you think about that? What do you think about that? It's in the news. It's in the news. Online. No need to go to the temple. No. It's there. People of God. We need to keep ourselves in the Lord's. We need to guard ourselves in the grace of the Lord. Let us be careful with what is going on in our hearts. Let us be sensitive with evil. Let us not condone. Let us not accept things. There is a difference between the clean and the unclean, the holy and the unholy. Even if we're not talking about spiritual things, Still, there is a difference between the clean and the unclean. Well, we're not reading that for the sake of time now, but um, the things I've been talking about here, I'm actually in Ezekiel chapter 8. That we are here. Chapter 5 to 8. That's what I'm talking about here. Worshipping Tammuz in the very temple of God, worshipping the sun. In the very temple of God, making cakes to the queen of heaven, all those three deities, they are of the same origin. All three of them. That's the satanic trinity. The sun god, Nimrod. The queen of heaven, Samiramis. And the child that they had through incest, well, it wasn't really incest because she had committed adultery. And Samiramis lied to people that Nimrod had reincarnated and came back and gave her a child. That's not true. She had committed adultery, actually. But Nimrod died. And they claimed that he became the son. That's where the whole concept of the Babylonian religion comes from. The son. He worshipped Molech. And when he died, they say he went to become one of the sun. And then comes everything. Zeus, Zeus, Jupiter, all those, Baal, the same person. The same person. And then you have Samiramis herself, who is now called the moon, goddess moon, you know, Artemis, Diana, Aphrodite, Venus, etc., etc. And in modern time, the goddess of sex. Devastating work everywhere. It's not the same. And then I'm sparing you from the details of how they perpetuated those traditions now, you know, in December, in March, now March is coming, Easter egg, etc., all those things, Christmas, all those things, to her glory. 
Should we maintain that in the house of the Lord? May the Lord help us. Let's do our final reading as a conclusion. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we read from verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with the unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what, what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of, God, of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. To these people in the days of Ezekiel, in spite of the progression, the growth in abominations, if you read in chapter 8, it speaks of abominations, and then great abomination, and then great abomination, and then wicked abomination. They hurt God. But God proclaimed forgiveness that how good the Lord is and merciful. Therefore, if you're sitting here, the Bible says, remember, they had to offer up offerings even for unintentional and sins committed in ignorance. Today, again, God is saying he is overlooking the times of ignorance and announce and call everybody to repent because he has chosen a day of judgment. By a person whom he has appointed, Jesus Christ, we will have to stand one day before him and give account. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. They're not coming in judgment. I'm leaving this with you. If you haven't reconciled with your creator, God the Almighty is sending you an invitation today, young or old. God is sending an invitation. Give your life to him. He is able to deliver. Do you know what? He delivered me from so many things, including cigarettes. Don't tell me, show me in the Bible where cigarette is bad. I'm not going there. I'm just saying me it was a deliverance. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you and we say thank you, Lord. 
We look to you, Lord, for the rest of the journey. You are faithful, O Lord. This is your church. This is your household, Lord. Whatever we've said this morning, Lord, we just bring glory to you. And we pray that, Lord, you will continue to expound these things in individual lives. And then people will take the right course of action, either in coming back, either in uh, just surrounding, surrounding life to the Lord God, that, Lord, you may lead us. We love you because you loved us first. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us, Lord, from the power of darkness and revealing to us these things so that we are no longer deceived. We pray that, Lord, you fill us with your Holy Spirit every day. And you open the eyes of our understanding that we may lead a life that is pleasing to you. We pray among us for the young and the old that, Lord, we will all come to the knowledge, to the perfect measure of the statue of Christ. Help us, Lord. We pray for this church, Lord, that, Lord, we will move like that river in the way you want us to move as a church. That, Lord, there will be places for spreading the nets. But we need you to lead us. Blessed be your name. We pray that, Lord, you keep us safe as we look to the blessed appearing of Jesus Christ. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen.